0: Styles down under, the never-ending Selena and Haley feud, and what's going on behind the scenes of the HBO
1: show *The Idol*. We're Jasmine and Maggie, and you're listening to Culture Club, our fortnightly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives.
0: We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We
1: would like to pay our respects to Elders past and present. We'd also like to celebrate the rich history of First Nations culture and storytelling that we are continually learning from. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. It's been over a decade
0: in the making, but we both finally got to see Harry Styles again last weekend.
1: Yes, so incredible. It was honestly one of the best days of my life, let alone the best days of 2023.
0: (laughs) Oh,
1: oh, that is so sweet. I want to hear about
0: your experience because we went on separate nights. So you went mm. on night one, Friday. Obviously, this is both in Melbourne and then I went on the Saturday.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so Friday, I was a bit nervous, honestly, because it's seen so much on TikTok about like lines and fan projects and like I thought if I had front GA tickets and I was like I'm not gonna get a good spot like I had to work I was like besties I have a job I'm an adult I have to <laughs> be at work till five thirty. My mom and my sister came down we like had a full dinner like at home um got ready we got there at like 7 p.m. and went straight to our spot at the front and it was a pretty good spot it was probably like 15 to 20 from like the runway stage <gasps> well, like 20 people deep I like
0: yeah no I like that you know the number because I literally stood there and counted the people yeah, in actually, front of me and it was about 50 I know <laughs> Well, you know we had time to spare while we yeah, were waiting for to yeah. come on exactly. so yeah I was like 15 people ish away from the runway like
1: second stage yeah. um, so we yeah were pretty close yeah pretty similar um and I really liked wet leg. I thought they were really, really good. They're so cool. And then, yeah, Harry came on and I didn't know how I'd react because I yeah. actually had a little bit of a cry beforehand, like before we we left. We were listening to One Direction videos on YouTube, like on the TV. Aww. We were like, you know, cleaning up after dinner and like getting ready. And I just started crying for like my teenage self. And you actually spoke about this. We had book club on the Thursday, so only the day before and you, me and our friend Liv were talking about Harry Styles and how like we were finally getting excited mm. and stuff. And you said something so poetic. You were like, this just feels <laughs> so healing for our teenage selves and something a lot more eloquent than that. And Liv and I were both tearing up at your words <laughs> and we're like, oh my God. And so then, yeah, the next day, the next night before we left, I was like mm. fully crying, just like thinking about like 15, year old Jasmine and like how excited she was. It was really, really sweet. And then when he came out on stage, I couldn't see him initially because he was like at the back of the stage. And then when I actually saw him with my real eyes, yes. like music for a sushi restaurant is playing. Like the hap- mm-hmm. one of the happiest songs on the album. And I turned to my mum and I was like, so big be- Oh my god, yes. <laughs> like freaking Beatlemania or something about Harry Styles. I was like, oh. Like I just couldn't believe that he was a real person. Mm. Like I think that mm-hmm. was the biggest thing. Like you see him on TikTok and you know, obviously we've grown up with him. Watched him on X Factor, like nearly 15 years ago. And yeah, to see him in the flesh was amazing, so I really enjoyed it. The crowd was really nice, and then I got merch, so all the things I was nervous about, like the crowd being awful and like running out of merch, didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I was happy, but I spent like nearly $300 on merch. Oh, so I was gonna go the second night, I was trying to find front GA so I could go with you and mm-hmm. tag along. Cute. But when I spent like, I got a shirt, two posters, and a hat, and my mom, my sister, got some as well, so it and yeah it ended up being about like two hundred dollars and I was like okay that's my ticket for tomorrow like I can't (laughs) I can't have both we're adults now so yeah anyway it was really good and what was your experience like because you were also a bit nervous right
0: yeah I was I was like when do I line up like I saw the TikToks from your day I think like the even like the age and like broadsheet were covering it quite extensively in the morning and I was like um 10 a.m. and then lines are like snaking out outside. I'm like, this is wild. Um, I should have expected this, but it, it felt kind of scary. But anyway, I went about like 6 30 or something. Um, I went a tiny bit earlier to shoot some street style as well like mm-hmm. a little video um, which did the, so well by the way wait. What's
1: this, what are the numbers on that now
0: yeah good question um so so I made this for fashion journal because I just started working there and I made a reel of just like what people wore at Harry Styles it has 2.5 million plays
1: <laughs> oh my god and you made that video at the start of like your during your first week, that was of my working. first video, then, right? to make first yeah. video, and so you just smashed <laughs> it. I bet like your bosses are so happy with that. Like one of the biggest videos on fashion journals Instagram, right?
0: Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I was like every review a new dollar. Yeah, <laughs> hey, right.
1: <Rye. laughs> Literally, like here you go. Here's my pay
0: review. Just this Hello. video. <laughs> yes. I don't know. It's just funny incredible. the way that um you know of course social media works. But anyway, back to the experience. It was such a fun night. I think there's something weird in my brain where like when I get really excited for something, I like can't fully, fully Mm. like appreciate or like be in it. So there was that kind of, I feel like I had like a blockage there, like an energy blockage or something. Do you think that is from COVID? Yes and no. I feel like there's like, it's almost like this pressure to really enjoy something. I wanted Mm. to be sobbing like you and um. I'm not sure. I think sometimes like my – like the attention goes to a lot of – like so much is happening, mm. like the audience around you and and everything. That's not to say like I had a fantastic time and it was so good seeing him. And I know what you mean about like seeing him in 4D. I tried mm. to like soak in like and stamp in my memory a lot about yeah. him there. I'm like, okay, like what haven't I really noticed in videos of him before? Like whatever, like he's yeah. like seeing him there. Yeah, I agree. But it was a really cute run in Australia. I feel like we had a very nice few weeks with nice Harry Styles in our mainstream news. Yeah. For instance, um, the broadsheet reported that they were selling out of feather boas all across Melbourne.
1: Yeah, and like we all saw the feathers all over the stadium. And what I found interesting was – I think it's sweet, but it's interesting to me how like Harry Styles fans like us like, yeah. Z, like very aware of the environment and like I saw some people on TikTok commenting that like people get so swept up in like wearing the right fit and stuff that they'll buy like cherry print pants from Shein mm, or like mm. ultra fast fashion like vinyl stuff that they're going to wear once because it's falling apart after dancing in a, a concert for a few hours. And then the feather boa thing, I saw, like, romanticized videos of the feathers in Sydney, the feathers, like, twirling in the whirlpool. Oh, wind. I saw this. Yeah. Playing, like, a Harry song was playing or something. And everyone was like, oh, my God, like, it's so beautiful seeing our impact, like, Harry's everywhere, kind of this vibe. And I was like, you guys know that's litter. Like, that's literally litter that's going to go into the riverways ways and systems in Sydney, probably into the ocean. And, like, these – are." They are real feathers, right? But mm. they're like they've got some plastic oh, in them. Are I they reckon real feathers? most of them
0: are plastic, just plastic.
1: bags okay. because it's, like, too bad. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It just seemed to me this cognitive dissonance of like we care about the environment, but then again, like does the majority of people care about the environment? I don't know. I feel like we. I feel like we've had this discussion a few times of like Gen Z is going to change the world. Gen Z is going to like we we really care about the planet, but then like our habits really. Mm. are just like boomery in that way of like well I'm gonna enjoy myself because like the world's gonna die anyway that kind of thing of like well what difference does one feather bowl make but when you see all the feathers in the stadium it shows like how much impact like just a few people not choosing to do that would make.
0: Yeah. And he was like walking out, of course, there was like so much rubbish in the stadium, but even uh, like walking, g- going back home at the train station, like people are just like throwing out like their costume, like as they're going mm. home, like it is so short lived, but I understand it also brings people so much joy, but like yeah. there is a balance. Like, I kind, like I, I kind of dressed up as well, but it was like using clothes I already owned. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know but that's just I've never like gone and been like okay I have a party I'm gonna buy something for that and I think that obviously it's a very normal thought process that's just like not something
1: yeah
0: high and mighty Maggie but like but, but, but seriously I'm like well you can still kind of get into the fun of it without I don't know I don't want to be judgy and I think I am coming across like that so. yeah
1: I hope like people who pro- are probably listening who bought for the bubbles and like it's fine I just thought oh <laughs> yeah it's kidding. like it's almost fine. Like, no. it's fine I don't know I just I it, I think it was seeing the litter afterwards and like yes yeah that like the fact that they were sold out is like maybe mm. yeah I don't know and has Harry Styles ever spoken out about that like if that's his thing that like has kind of started mm. he, surely he knows that people were for the boas to his concerts maybe even just being like Everyone, make sure you like to dispose of your boas like responsibly or something. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Yeah. And like, I'm not even talking about, you know, if you're buying one feather boa, it's, it, it's a small thing, but you know, people are buying fully new outfits with lots mm. of different parts and accessories. I think that's kind of where it irks me more. But like, it was so funny. My friend that I was with, I was like, Oh, like I wanted to get a feather boa, blah, blah, blah. And then literally she just like found them on the ground. I
1: like just
0: took them and. Walked. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So you can do that too. <laughs> um, Another thing that I loved was Harry had Welcome to Countries at each show. Mm and There's actually a TikTok video from Sydney, I think, where he was given an Aboriginal flag and he is like putting it up on the back of the stage, like near the drums, and it falls down and then he realises he's put it around the wrong way and he flipped it around the right way and put it up. It fell down again really quickly after. But a lot of the comments were like, this means so much to me and mm. like the fact that he knows he put it the wrong way means so much. Like I never thought I'd see a mainstream pop star holding an Aboriginal flag. But in the first show that I went to, I don't know about you, he was holding an Australian flag, like mm. with the Southern Cross. Same. I was like, oh because it reminds me of the American yeah. flag now. It really mm. really makes me feel uncomfortable. The me Australian too. flag. Um so I was like, oh, maybe if he had both, but, but then I was like, does he know the context? But then he had the welcome to countries at each show. I don't seem like we're criticizing ourselves, but I, it just made me, it was interesting to acknowledge my reaction to mm-hmm. seeing someone flying an Australian flag. Yes. Um. In 2023.
0: Yes no I agree thank you I don't I hadn't talked to like anyone about it or like brought it up but I felt the exact same way I was like I like, kind of like like clenching mm. of the jaw and I just I just feel uncomfortable like it's mm. it's, and then everyone's cheering and I'm like I don't like that like it mm. makes me yeah so I, I am glad that he did bring up the, the aboriginal flag as well
1: mm. so Harry Styles does this a lot at his concerts but obviously in Australia we haven't seen him for years so um We got to see firsthand a few of, like, the fan interactions. He's so interactive with his fans. And on my night, on the night one (laughs) in Melbourne, um, he helped a fan come out to their mum and that was really sweet. And then I saw a TikTok of them a few days later. And you know that Devil Wears Prada sound that's like, we need to – yeah yeah i did see this too (laughs) and it's like when harry helps you come out of a at a concert um so that was sweet and then he also sang happy birthday to a girl on her 18th birthday um she was at barrier and she yeah that would be incredible the whole stadium singing happy birthday um but there were a few others There was a gender reveal in sydney did anything happen at your night
0: yeah, so we also got happy birthday sung to a thirteen year old girl, and there was a proposal um and what it said was there was this girl holding up her phone and it said, "Make my boy propose <laughs> so and then he kind of like carried on that interaction um and anyway, these are really fun and beautiful and whatever especially like um I saw videos of the coming out as well, but my thing, and this is like no one's fault it's like whatever but it's like so obvious that all he shows after performing for a year and a half whatever everything is like a performance it is like Mm. down to each air kiss that he blows out to the audience his mannerisms which is so understandable have just been like set in stone like it's almost like he's like going through the actions all of the time and like oh and like that's not to downplay like the genuineness of these interactions as well but like i did find that interesting to see but um but it's also really beautiful that he has nice connections with people like people were talking about um him singing matilda to this Mm. to this person in the audience um in sydney and that person was like crying i think i think the name was chelsea i saw on tiktok like it was really beautiful emotional and then we also saw that story time where it's it's like a long story time or these two people in the audience and the whole build-up is for him to ask how's your head and she's like no mm. complaints or <laughs> <laughs> whatever
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: anyway sorry that was long-winded
1: yeah but like he's a pop star and like every artist on a stage and like performing to a stadium I feel like you've got to go bigger and bigger like
0: Oh, yeah, I feel like
1: they would be disappointed if he was just standing there with the mic and just singing songs and like, how's everyone going? Yay, Melbourne. Like, thanks so much.
0: Mm. It's like,
1: yeah, the fact he's like running up and down, running down the runway, standing here, like blowing air kisses, doing his little dancey dance. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. And I hope he comes back. Soon, I've seen a lot of TikToks of, like, people in America and the UK being like, oh, my God, what is the air in Australia? Like, he's thriving. He's giving us so much content mm-hmm. compared to, like, the US shows. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he'll come back because he seems to be enjoying himself. After all the controversy of the last month, Selena Gomez said, I'm 30, I'm too old for this. And I feel quite similar, but somehow I know all of the context and goss between Haley Baldwin, Bieber, and Selena Gomez. So we're going to talk about it. I didn't think we need to talk about it, but two, three weeks later it's still going on. Do you know much about this Haley and Selena feud? I truly don't. I had a little offline
0: moment, I feel like, mm. when this kind of broke out. So I was out of the loop. We were actually at my birthday dinner and then you were talking to my high school friends about it. And I was like, well, it's colliding. And I was like, I literally don't know what's going on. So I need the full explainer, but I just want to add, we had that really famous photo of the two of them, like cuddling up, <laughs> essentially at an event looking all buddy-buddy with each other, right? And we're like, yes, the mm. feud is behind us. You mm-hmm. know what, Jazz? That literally eradicated the feud from my mind. I yeah. forgot. <laughs> like, I literally forgot. I was like, oh, like these two are feuding. I, like that truly left my brain.
1: Yeah, I know. It felt like peace on earth when Haley and Selena were spotted at an awards event late last year. You know, the infamous photo, we posted it. Everyone was like, oh my God, the girlies, are, you know, together. World War Three is over vibes. But, um now after some innocent posts well in my mind the innocent it's all blown back up and in my opinion it's even worse than before so it all started we technically the whole drama started back in 2009 but I don't think we have time to get into all that context surely lots of people already know the context between Selena Gomez and Haley in terms of they both dated Justin Bieber there was a short period between him and selena breaking up for like the third time they were on off again um and get him getting engaged to hayley so this latest drama all started when selena posed for paparazzi pictures in Cabo on january 3rd she's off the side of a boat and she looks gorgeous but she's like posing for the paparazzi she's just come out she's like half in the water um so she anyway it looks really nice Six days later, Haley and her friends, including Kendall Jenner, post a video to TikTok where they're lip syncing to the TikTok sound. I'm not saying she deserves it, but I'm saying God's timing is always right. (laughs) You're welcome. So considering this is only six days later and Selena is looking um, a bit more curvy than she has done in previous years, we know this is because of her Lyme disease. She's spoken about it in the past. She really went into it in her um, documentary, My Mind and Me, which we spoke about a few months ago. Um, so people immediately were like, oh, my God, this is mean girl behavior. This video is in reference to Selena being papped in a quote, unquote, like unflattering way. This is so mean. Oh, my God, cancel Hailey Bieber. Then a couple of days later, Selena is on TikTok and she mentions her over laminated eyebrows. Mm. And then um, Kylie Jenner and... Haley Bieber they share a screenshot of a FaceTime they're having with each other and they're like zooming in on their eyebrows and they're like this was an accident question mark question mark um now at this point both camps are like kind of being like this is all overblown like this like Haley's like I didn't mean anything by this and even Kylie Selena's commenting on stuff like um guys like you're taking this too far I, don't, I haven't taken any offence to this. You guys are like reaching basically, like fans are reaching. Mm. Um, and then because TikTok is crazy, uh, an old, old video of um, Hayley Beaver at like a game show, She um, it gets resurfaced and like this host references Taylor Swift, that old misogynistic joke of like Taylor Swift and all her boyfriends, Taylor Swift and her albums. And um, Haley does this like, like gagging like motion with her hand in her mouth, and um, then Selena defends Taylor Swift, and then is like, okay, that's like I'm taking time off the internet. This is too much because um, Selena said, "So sorry, my best friend is and continues to be one of the best in the game." On a TikTok of Haley doing that. So then, February twenty eighth, Haley reposted an Instagram story um, from the style and the beach, which featured Haley Bieber's makeup brand Road. And in the video, Haley used "Calm Down" by Rima, a song, um, but didn't use the version that features Selena Gomez. Oh, <laughs> so fans take this as like Haley is shading Selena again. Um, and now, all I don't know about you, but my for you page. Every third video at the moment, well, over the last week, has been Haley and Selena and, like, people unearthing old photos and videos and being, like, when Selena looked like this, which – and this picture of her, like, on a red carpet when she's, like, 18. Like, she looks stunning. Selena – when Selena looked like this, Kylie Kendall and Haley looked like this and they're, like, you know, pre-plastic surgery and, like, they look really young and, yeah – in my opinion, it's becoming like a little bit misogynistic now, and like comparing people to their past selves. And yeah, the video of Haley isn't great, you know, of her kind of gagging over Taylor Swift. And yeah, then people were unearthing all these clues: the fact that Haley has like a tattoo, the same tattoo behind her ear. Haley's been seen wearing like the similar clothes. Hailey was a Jelena stan and, like, all these Twitter things are on Earth from, like, over 10 years ago of, like, you know, fans are basically saying that Hailey copies Selena. Um, So, yeah, that is
0: a very, very
1: quick rundown of, like, what is going on. But I think it's just sad that Hailey and Selena, like, made up kind of thing and we were all getting on board this new Hailey Bieber Her makeup line went really well. She's just been featured in Vogue Australia, interviewed by Justin Bieber, um, which is a whole other thing. We can talk about celebrities, interviewing celebrities. Um, But now I reckon she's, like, blown up her image again. Like, she worked so hard for years to try to um, get rid of that Image of being Justin Bieber's wife, and now she's like straight back into it.
0: It's really interesting being like fed that information and all that context in like you know a few minutes, rather mm. than like, most people are digesting it, which is over weeks, getting like TikToks, yeah.
1: and
0: sprinkles of something. And I can imagine like each little bit of information is quite like jaw dropping, like when that Taylor Swift video, gagging video like dropped. Mm. Up. God. Um, but it is funny because it sounds so catty and just so almost like high school listening to it now. I'm like, oh, like this is what it's all about. Like it's all kind of like subcontext or like things kind of misconstrued or like looking like overlooking into things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not denying that there's like beef there and stuff, but it is so interesting that like it's probably it is the internet making it worse than you think. Like we have instigated or at least propelled this, um, like, feud.
1: Like, we just are not letting them let it go. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I'm also, like, who has the time? Like, it must be, it feels high school, I think, because it must be high school or uni kids who are, like, who are going back through the archives and digging up these old tweets and videos and photos of, you know, Haley at literally 13 years old. Yeah. Editing them into some video. And then, yeah, all commenting, Haley and Kylie have lost, like, thousands and thousands of followers. Selena Gomez is now the most followed person on Instagram, overtaking Kylie. And, uh, yeah, it just feels like team Haley, team Selena all over again. But not many pe- people are saying as well, like, Selena raised us. Selena was on Disney. Selena has a cooking show and, you know, her amazing albums and all these awards. And then people are like, Haley is a Nepo baby like Haley is Justin Bieber's wife and I'm like oh this is so
0: brutal so like brutal.
1: not I don't know I'm not really like defending Haley, but I'm just kind of like like let the girl live you know I don't know
0: it's weird it's like we, we don't like talent or whatever or like accolades aren't needed for you to, like respect someone or just I don't mm-hmm. know I don't really care like this is the other thing yeah like I'm not really on anyone's side like yeah probably um am, am more of a fan of what Selena has done like you said we always talk about bloody murders in the building we love it um, yeah. but I don't know and the other thing that this does remind me of um, I'm pretty sure this was Kendall Jenner maybe a year or two ago remember she was on TikTok and she was like lip-syncing an audio with like two other people and it was like it was like a bitchy it was like a bitchy audio it's kind of like vague but I don't remember the context and people were coming out of the woodwork mm-hmm. being like oh my god she must be talking about this person and this person and whatever um I don't know how true it was but she came out and was and she had to like issue a statement she was like no it was just like a fun TikTok sound and trend mm-hmm. like there was no amenity. I just wanted to do it, and I always. I also wonder in some of these contexts, like, yeah, what's happening? Yeah,
1: there? I agree. It's the whole thing of like TikTok detectives again, um, and yeah, Haley. I think will never quote unquote win whatever this is because of fans' like lifelong connection to Selena Gomez, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this goes next also telling that uh just like where's justin bieber's you know yeah like where's his kind of like narrative or whatever like it feels so misogynistic to pit these two women against each other over a man like selena dated him like years and years ago Haley and him have been married for years now um why is no one talking about him and like how quickly he proposed to Haley after being with selena or like why isn't he not why is he not defending his literal wife like she's mm. getting dragged through the mud online and no not even like an Instagram story statement of like I love my wife like can you please like stop <laughs> talking you know shit about her no nothing like anyway it's been very fascinating to watch it all unfold and I hope my for you page changes soon May I must be interacting with them because I keep getting more lol
0: lol I mean no fair enough it is We do love gossip. That's a thing. That's why things like this. Gossip and celebrity are always things that we're fascinated by. But it just sucks when like there's there's just meanness also at the center of it. Um, But that could be our inner Harry Styles talking. Treat people with kindness. Pharrell Williams is Louis Vuitton's new men's creative director why does this feel like an alternate universe happening? I don't know if I'm just not across the fashion world as much, but um, seeing that the singer of Happy is now heading up um, LV uh-huh. in a way. No. <laughs> did shock he's, me.
1: He's not just the singer of Happy. Happy is his, like, most mainstream song. Not to be that bitch he's all like, you don't even know his original <laughs> stuff. Pharrell was in a band called Nerd back in the day, which was, like, visionary. It was, like, my mom used to, like, play in the car all the time when I was younger. And so he was kind of, like, he's a producer as well, so he kind of, like, changed the music game, if I can say that. Um, so, yeah. I understand what you mean, though. Like, happy seems, like, so not a fashionable <laughs> person or song. Um, but I actually don't mind this, like, this feature
0: okay no so it's his music is beside the point in this Mm. in my argument i'm saying like he is so well known in the music space and rightfully so i feel like i literally just listened to a podcast with him or something so that's why I'm like no I really appreciate what he has done Um, but it's just like okay like that transition to the fashion space because he is replacing the late Virgil Abloh who was such revolutionary in his field Mm. and I do think it's worth mentioning that um, with Pharrell's like appointment, he is the second black American designer to hold a head position at LV,
1: um, which is groundbreaking, like unfortunately Mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. In a statement from Louis Vuitton to announce the appointment of Pharrell, he was described as a, quote, visionary whose creative universes expand from music to art and fashion. The way in which he breaks boundaries across the various worlds he explores aligns with Louis Vuitton's status as a cultural mason, reinforcing its values of innovation, pioneer spirit, and entrepreneurship.
0: Mm. So when this news got announced, like my reaction was the one that I – like, how on Mike, I'm like, wait, what? Like, this sounds so random to me. <laughs> but like media has been really supportive of the move. There's like been so many publications and public figures talking about how it makes sense since the worlds of luxury fashion and streetwear are more closely intertwined now than ever before. Um, there was someone called Sarah Unger, president and founder of Culture leak a cultural insights and strategy consultancy who said, quote, Pharrell is one of the most well-known multi-hyphenates. Okay, she doesn't know about culture club. (laughs) Anyway, continuing with her quote. He crystallized our understanding of the industry agnostic cultural appeal a musician can have. LV is a very multi-hyphenate brand beyond a typical fashion house. Pharrell will have lots of arenas to play in. And, yeah, like, I do agree with what she's saying. Like, when I think of LV now, I really do think of Emma Chamberlain as well and, like, the way that they do pop, like, young changemakers or, like, people in their field, like, in different fields um, and, like, elevate them to, like, their status or, like, association with LV. So, yeah, like, the more I look into it, it kind of makes sense. But I just... Feel weird about like celebrities taking on massive career roles like this that would like literally
1: make someone's career who's literally working yeah. in fashion imagine true yeah yeah because there has been a recent trend of celebrities as creative directors the only one popping into my mind right now is um molly may, molly may. who is the, is the creative director of boohoo um so we have had that combo before Mm, but i wonder yeah yeah you're right i was like oh this makes sense but then when you know you think like he's a a pioneer in the music industry but then there was there'd be more pioneers in the fashion industry who've worked yeah. for the last like 20 years of their career who might understand fashion a bit more yeah i wonder why do you think it's to to maintain relevancy in our like celebrity culture
0: mm. I think it's like a branding exercise on both ends. Mm. Like they both benefit from the association, but I wonder if the actual fashion part of it benefits, right? Like the end, like the end product, like will the clothes, will that kind of stand out? Because right now, like on the surface level, it's like, oh yeah, cool for both people. But I guess we'll see. I think his first collection drops in 2024, I want to say. So that will be interesting to see.
1: Do you remember the buzz around the new show, The Idol, starring Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd? Because it has now been embroiled in controversy.
0: I know. We've talked about it a few times on the mic because we were initially quite excited for it. And then mm-hmm. I remember the trailer dropped and it was just like, oh, sexy. And then we were like, "Ooh, like, what's happening here? But there has been new news that have, has dropped. So on March the 1st, Rolling Stone published an in-depth look at the series production. They spoke to 13 sources who claim the series is going through things like delays, rewrites, and allegedly um, has worsened after Sam Levinson, who is the director of Euphoria, began working on the show.
1: So if you're not across, the premise of The Idol is that it follows a young pop star who experiences a nervous breakdown, which then causes her tour to be cancelled, and in her image change, she also encounters a complicated relationship with a self-help guru and leader of a contemporary cult.
0: Oh, it's like, I love that, like, it's it almost feels like buzzwords of, like, 2022, 20, like, like, wellness, <laughs> cult, like, hot pop star, cancel. No, so too. Um, but the allegations around this are quite serious. So, what happened is in April last year, the original director, Amy Simitz, left the series with allegedly 80% of the series' film. But that's when Sam Levinson came in and apparently he ordered like so many changes and reshoots and some sources pointing out that the content he was adding in was more nudity and more, quote, disturbing sexual content.
1: One source told Rolling Stone, quote, it was a show about a woman who was finding herself sexually turned into a show about a man who gets to abuse this woman and she loves it. Another described the newest version of the show as, quote, like any rape fantasy that any toxic man would have in the show. And then the woman comes back for more because it makes her music better. Ooh, sounds so slimy. Yeah, this is what I mean. I'm
0: like, I don't even, can't really recall having quotes like this about a production behind the scenes. Mm. Um, Like, ever, if not for a while. Like, these are, like, damning stuff, I would say. But anyway, in response to this backlash, I want to say, um, a few of the cast members like have spoken out so in a statement given to Rolling Stone Lily Rose Depp said that Sam was quote the best director that she had ever worked with and that quote the creative team has been committed to creating a safe collaborative and mutually respectful working environment and the last year the team has made creative changes they felt were in the best interest of both the production and the cast and crew so just like as an FYI as well like this this statement sounded so similar to the statement HBO also gave um to Variety so it like it literally does sound like a PR statement right no one talks like that um interestingly though the weekend went off the cuff he declined to comment for the Rolling Stone piece but posted on his Instagram and Twitter and it was like a clip from the idol the show did you watch this? Yeah, I watched the clip. It was a hard watch. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I know the acting was like so bad. And was it not? Like, <laughs> but in it anyway, they're essentially dissing Rolling Stone. Um, in it, they call it irrelevant and say like that they bought Instagram follower bots and all that stuff. And his caption was like, "Like, were you hurt?" Like, he tagged like Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. like, "Like, are you good? Were you hurt by this?" Like, insinuating that they release is like. In depth investigative piece
1: because like, they're relevant
0: because they're relevant because i had like a little her ego from
1: this clip or something. I oh. don't know, yeah. I saw lots of uh, like I think TikToks or twit on Twitter maybe of um, people then replying with like his three or four Rolling Stone covers being like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> So it seems that Sam Levinson, the director of uh, Euphoria, is at the centre of this again, and it's not the first time that he's had these kind of, like, rumours and allegations against him. In a Days article by Hania Angus, which is titled Sam Levinson is not an auteur, he's a spoiled Nepo baby, they chat about how this fixation on hypersexualization isn't new and violence against women is a common theme in his work. Because Euphoria had these rumors of Levinson creating a really toxic environment for the staff. And then there's also the alleged blow up between him and Barbie Ferreira, who has now left the show, as well as the comments from Sydney Sweeney, who pushed back on quote unnecessary topless scenes. What do we make of this in general? yeah why do we have this kind of theme of like young women and teenagers in euphoria at the center of his shows who are continuously sexualized and or mistreated why does he feel the need to like use that as a tool over and over again mm. to create quote-unquote art like is it feeding the male fantasy
0: yeah And then it's also like, well, why are we as a society eating it up? Like Euphoria Mm. is the most tweeted of our show ever as well. And it's obviously done incredibly well, both in numbers and in ratings. So it's like, okay, is he under the guise of like, oh, I'm just like showing the real grittiness of the world around me or like, yeah, like you mentioned, is it, is it just like soft porn, honestly, Mm -hmm. like feeding the male gaze which it looks like it is, especially especially with the idol, like just focusing in on it. So we've seen the trailer. We've seen these comments coming out of it. And it's like this feels quite disturbing. And there is a young woman at the center of this, Lily Rose Depp. I understand Mm -hmm. that she's a never baby. Like she has power Mm -hmm. and status in other ways. But even that quote she gave to Rolling Stone about like, this is a safe working environment, blah, blah, blah. blah. Like she does not have the – capacity or like power in this scenario to speak out if something I think is wrong or she's uncomfortable yeah. right like this her one of her biggest breakout roles she wants yeah. to be taken seriously as an actress that's how I'm
1: feeling yeah I also wonder if it's a purposeful choice to cast The Weeknd who's like a well-known celebrity and then like a Nepo baby
0: mm-hmm.
1: rather than like unknown actors or like breaking actors, even though you could say lily rose Depp is a breaking actor but people know her people know her face and who she is so yeah i wonder if that's on purpose as well oh yeah it's got like a
0: like an incredibly famous cast it's got jenny Mm -hmm. kim it's got dan levy it's got choice of barn like it's it's star-studded i think on purpose
1: as well time for recommendations of the week or fortnight now uh what have you been watching reading listening to that you've been loving
0: podcasts a lot of podcasts at the moment and like really into american podcasts and 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 sometimes sorry that like the accent or whatever is a bit grating, or like you have to kind of get into it but now i'm really into it most of the podcasts i listen to are american anyway the podcast i'm actually recommending is so niche this American life you know it's very very well known very highly acclaimed podcast but I've been really loving their recent episodes Um, if you haven't listened to them before they're really great for like heartwarming human interest stories that are full of like wonder and connection and there was a recent episode called math or magic that I really liked it's a sweet episode about love and like the reasonings behind it kind of that head versus heart argument but it kind of expanded on that like calculations or energy like an arranged marriage or fate etc and it was like I listened to it on like a really long tough commute home like there was just delays after delays but I was just like enveloped in this world it was like I was watching a rom-com especially one of the stories it was like a really beautiful production Um, so like if you're in want of a lovely light listen this week I would recommend that
1: nice I've actually never listened to this American life before oh my god
0: jazz you need to there's if you want like what I did was I listened to a few episodes and it was like good and whatever but I like googled like 10 best episodes and kind of like listened to that which I would recommend as well
1: yeah I feel like I need to do that because I sometimes struggle with American podcasts unless it's really well produced but that sounds like it's really well produced it
0: is it is um yeah great what about you? What have you consumed in the last couple of weeks that you want to bring to the table? So um, we're going to
1: have a therapy hour now. No, um, I feel like over the last couple of months I've really struggled with my creativity and like feeling like I don't have any good ideas and like not even having the brain capacity to like um, take in media that's not just like brain numbing like maths or like a sweet Disney movie or something, um, which I've missed, but I haven't been reading newsletters or articles or essays or anything. But um, I came across, well, Haley Nauman. we've referenced her on the pod before, and um, she's one of my favourite writers, and I realised I hadn't heard from her or, like, listened or read any of her work in ages, so I went on her newsletter. It's called Maybe Baby, and I found this interview that she did in January on the Creative Independent, which is like a blog where interviews with creatives are conducted. And the website itself looks like a blog or website from the 2000s. It's actually quite Shoot. nostalgic and comforting, like a MySpace or something. It's a very simple like website, but I found this interview. If you don't know who she is, Haley Norman is a Brooklyn-based writer and editor who covers culture, media, and modern life. And then she has the Maybe Baby newsletter, her own podcast, and then she's written in New York Times, The Guardian, and she also worked at Man Repeller, RIP. So the interview is titled On Evolving Your Creative Life, and it speaks about bracing for the ebbs and flows of life and work, being humble, and realizing when it's time to quit your day job. And I just want to read a bit of the interview itself that I really resonated with. And, like, I actually posted it on my Instagram. So if Mm -hmm. you follow me, you already know this uh, essay. But the interviewer says, I recently listened to one of your podcast episodes where someone called in and they were worried about a fact that they hadn't gotten to a certain milestone in their life. You spoke about how silly it was to put all of that pressure on yourself as a creative. How did you realize that everyone is on their own journey and how do you view competition within the creative sphere? Haley says, the person who said something to me that really changed the way I thought about this is my friend, Verena Von Fetten. She was actually my very first editor at Man Repeller. She's full of wisdom and I have always really appreciated her perspective because she's worked in the industry longer than I have. Something that she said to me when I was talking to her about the arc of a career is that so many of her peers who she felt were miles ahead of her when she was young, the sort of people who were editors-in-chief by 26 and those crazy early milestones or early successes. She went on to watch them go through plenty of cycles of coming off that pedestal and struggling to find something else that fit, and then finding it and losing it. Having those exact same rhythms happen in her own life made her realize that early success doesn't really promise later success. And that helped me understand the extent to which life is cyclical in general. You'll have times when your career is going really well, and this goes for friendships or relationships or your social world, hobbies, your sense of self. Any pillar of your life will just constantly be cycling through ebbs and flows. Comparing yourself with your peers is often futile because you're bound to be in different parts of the cycle at different times. And so when you are down and your friend is up, inevitably that will invert at some point. And so focusing on getting through your own process is much more useful. It helped me appreciate that there wasn't sort of a goal. It was more just like, how do I learn to breathe through the ebbs and flows of my life? How do I appreciate the cyclical process of feeling grounded and certain in where I am and then feeling ungrounded and uncertain about what I want Mm. and then finding it again and figuring out who I am through that repetitive process? Viewing my life through through that lens has helped me be more embracing of uncertainty or moments of ambiguity in my life. It's made me trust myself through that process a lot. So for me that was like the biggest kind of gem from that interview. Um, Mm. But it was just nice to be like – it's just internalized capitalism of like I'm not doing enough and especially if you're like an ambitious person um, or a creative person and like your money and your worth kind of comes from your ideas – when you have those periods of like not creating and not like putting out into the world you can feel like oh I'm stagnant or like I don't know I'm not good enough and all those things so it was nice to hear from someone who like Mm. is so so creative and so talented that like that's normal I don't know this is probably just my um my mid 20s like existential crisis popping out but I really resonate with it and it helped me a lot and a couple people who I shared with on Instagram said the same thing so I thought I would also share it here.
0: That is so beautiful and I especially love that point that she makes near the end about it all being a cyclical like process so even in the ebbs like it feeds into the flows and like the moments where she was talking about like mm. not being grounded or being uncertain like that actually all feeds into each other and it's like one whole process not just like the good slash the bad like it all works together so yeah. thank you for talking for talking <laughs> thank you for sharing um, that with <laughs> us I can't believe she like I think she talked like she said that off the cuff Taylor Norman, I was like oh, she's incredible oh my god Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this
1: episode of Culture Club. It's been really lovely getting to chat with you all. And if you want more from us, you can follow Culture Club Podcast at Culture Club Pod on Instagram or our personal accounts, Emags and Jasmine Sky. Uh, And if you really enjoyed it, you could maybe leave a little review on uh, Spotify or Apple iTunes because that Really helps more people find us. But thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye. Bye.